Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back. Thank you so much for being here and being part of the Transit Lounge community. It really means a lot to me that you are listening today. So thank you. And thank you also to those awesome people who have rated the podcast and left a review. I really appreciate it. And it helps other people who might be interested in you know what we talk about to find the podcast. So thank you so much. Now, as it's Money March, that's sort of the theme for the month, this month's uh, episodes are all kind of flavoured with the lens of money and looking at how your relationship to money impacts your results. And this episode is going to explore that, but from a, a broader lens of happiness, because I'm really focused on you know, exploring and, if I'm honest, about recreating redefining how people think about well-being and I would love for the common understanding of well-being to broaden out beyond just health which seems to be the dominant association at the moment that people have when they think about well-being but the definition of well-being that I have found and I like is that well-being is the contented state of being happy healthy and prosperous and that's what I kind of think that life is all about, that people want to be creating and enjoying that state and all three of those areas. Now, I'm a bit of a Will Smith fan and one of his movies that I love but haven't watched for a while um, that's relevant, I guess, is The Pursuit of Happiness. Now, the movie itself is kind of, it's quite sad, I think, in many ways. I haven't seen it for a little while, but I remember it being kind of sad. But I also really love the premise of the pursuit and not kind of the relentless pushing kind of pursuit but more of the concept I guess of the journey towards and through happiness and all the different ways that you can experience it and because this is Money March I, I wanted to record an episode through the lens of, of money and happiness even though I think you know it could potentially you can have the impact of ruffling a few feathers but you know here we are we're going to do it anyway uh, and actually, to be honest, I have felt a bit hesitant about doing these episodes about money because I know that money can be so polarizing. Everyone has an opinion about money and a lot of people get very triggered by money in different ways. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how this one pans out and what comes up for you, what you maybe get triggered by, what you agree with what you disagree with and there's no right or wrong I just find it interesting that as a topic it can be you know very emotionally loaded it's been said that all human beings actually just want the same thing which is to be happy but then there's also often a bit of a backlash saying that our fixation on happiness is actually a cause of unhappiness because we're sort of setting things up that you know you're not allowed to be happy now that there's more ahead or something but what's that all about and what about the fact that what makes one person happy 
just may not cut it for somebody else. And how does money play a part in that, if at all? Now, keeping in mind, I am not a financial advisor or an accountant or an investment specialist type person, uh, financial planner, none of that. I'm not a money specialist at all beyond my training as a money breakthrough coach, which is really looking at it through the lens of human behavior and creating positive change. But what I know for sure is that money is a trigger. It has become something that modern society just cannot live without. And it can have the impact of bringing out the best in people with amazing things that people do when they acquire wealth and they contribute to the world in amazing big ways. And unfortunately, it can also bring out the worst in people of what some people are prepared to do in the relentless pursuit of money and getting more money at the expense of others. What I also know is that when it comes to the concept of creating a life by design, one that really nurtures you and allows you to thrive, money is a factor. And because nothing will handbrake your sense of creativity and your sense of choice faster than a feeling that you do not have enough money and money stress, financial pressure. And it could be said that, you know, almost everybody always wants more money, but that's kind of slightly different from having a sense of lack that holds you back from doing more of what you love or staying doing work that drains you or bores you or makes you angry or unwell. And I know people for whom that is true for. They feel very stuck and they don't need to because it's not that they're not earning enough. It's what they do with it. Yeah, someone said to me the other day that they only had, I think it was $235 or something left to spend for the rest of the month. So they weren't going to buy something that was going to actually help them get healthy. They were, they had a, a bit of a fluey thing uh, and they weren't going to buy, you know, some vitamins and stuff that was going to help them get healthy. That created stress for me and it's not even my situation. What I know is that being in that situation is going to generate untold additional stress that is a complete distraction from you being able to be your best. And the thing is, I know that person doesn't have to live that way, and yet so many people do. I came across this quote the other day um, by a woman called Gloria Steinem. She was uh, an American journalist and activist who uh, was very uh, associated or recognised as a leader and spokeswoman for the feminist movement in the 60s and 70s. And she said, you can tell your values by looking at your checkbook. Now, a lot of people don't have checks anymore. I, I, I certainly don't. I, I don't know. Do people still have checkbooks? Anyway, um, I totally agree with that statement because one way that you can absolutely see what you really value is to look at where you spend your money. Every time I do a review of our spending, like looking over our credit card or our bank statements, I am reminded and it's reflected in black and white to me how much Mick and I value good food and dining out and wine, uh, anything health related we spend a lot of money on and also things like investment properties. And for me, 
the amount that I spend on um, buying books and training courses and things like that. And all of that reflects back what I and we value. And, you know, I don't feel any issue about the amount that, that I spend and we spend on those things because they are some of the things that are most important to us. But the things that I get triggered about or that I resent spending money on are things that I know that I don't value. And so I can try and reduce the amount that we spend on those things. So if we're going to have a look at uh, if money contributes to you being happier, we want to start with what actually is happiness. So I had a look and in the Oxford Dictionary, it says that the, that, uh, the definition of happiness is the state of feeling or showing pleasure or the state of being satisfied that something is good or right. Hmm, interesting. Um, the Wikipedia definition has two parts. It says, in philosophy, happiness is translated from a Greek concept. I'm going to really mosh how I pronounce this, but it's something like eudaimonia. Uh, and it refers to the good life or flourishing as opposed to a specific emotion. Wikipedia then goes on to say, but in psychology, happiness is a mental or emotional state of well-being which can be defined by, among others, positive or pleasant emotions ranging from contentment to intense joy. Out of all of that, I like the reference to the good life and to a sense of flourishing. So I guess we'll keep that in mind as we continue to explore this. What we're looking at is the question of, does money have anything to do with making you happier? I'm going to share three different perspectives on this and then you can reflect and decide for yourself what you think about all of this. So the first perspective comes from Tony Robbins, who is possibly one of the world's most successful personal development personalities. And he, I think, refers to himself as a life and business strategist. One of his central pieces of work that he references in his books and his training programs is what he calls the six core human needs and I'm not going to go into all six of them but the last two of the six core human needs are growth and contribution and they are the two that he says are the road to happiness growth and contribution if we look at those two through the lens of money and its influence or impact on happiness think about it if you feel broke then you can pretty much guarantee that your ability to contribute to others and your ability to have a sense of growth personally and professionally, they are both going to be impaired or impacted if you do not feel like you are in a good space with money. So a question for you to consider is, how does your current situation allow you to feel a sense of growth and contribution personally and professionally? And does your current money reality actually impact on how you might like to show up in terms of growth and contribution? I think it's kind of interesting just to consider. So the second perspective that we're going to have a look at is a research study that was done a few years ago now, and it was designed specifically to look at how much money do people need to earn in order to feel happy and how does money impact on people's sense of happiness and well-being. So this was a research study that was done by Gallup. 
they uh, interviewed and researched almost 2 million individual people from 160-something countries around the world. And what they found was uh, an amount of money that people felt that they needed to earn to feel happy. And interestingly, beyond that amount, earning more money didn't really impact their level of happiness much more. Now, the amount varied in different countries, but I'll share some of the numbers for you just as a, a reference point. So they found that the ideal income point for an individual, so for one person across the whole world, is 95000 US dollars. But they looked at it in two categories. One they called life evaluation and one they looked at was emotional well-being. Now, emotional well-being was about day-to-day emotions of feeling happy, excited or sad or angry or whatever. Whereas life evaluation and life satisfaction is more of an overall assessment of how they felt they were doing and therefore is uh, they the researchers felt was more influenced by um, higher goals in comparison to other people and how others were doing. So what they found globally was that the ideal income point for an individual was $95,000 US dollars for life evaluation, that sort of overall assessment of how well they're doing in life. And for emotional well-being, which was more about day-to-day happiness and, and feelings, the ideal income point was $75,000 US dollars. Now, what they found was beyond those levels, happiness didn't necessarily improve to a great degree as they earned a lot more. And in some instances, earning more uh, had some negative impacts. And I always think you've got to be a little bit wary of these kinds of research studies because they're so heavily influenced by so many factors. And remember, this was based on an individual person averaged out globally. So it would vary if you were a multi-person household and you had you know, more mouths to feed, etc. But I guess what this does is give a bit of an insight into some numbers um, from around the world that have been researched. Interestingly, I noticed that Australia had one of the highest levels globally, which was 125,000 Australian dollars for life evaluation and $50,000 for general emotional well-being. But what does all of that suggest to you? You know, how does how much do you think and tell yourself that you think you need to earn to be happy? And are your figures higher or lower than what that study showed? I also am curious about the Australian level being so high compared to others globally. Does that mean that, you know, the lucky country is actually the greedy country? Or what does that mean? That we we feel like we need more in order to uh, have that overall sense of of happiness and, and well-being. It's an interesting one to to ponder. And the third lens on this is actually from a psychologist and author, Martin Seligman. Uh, in his book, Authentic Happiness, he basically distilled years and years of research into creating some guidelines on how to create a happy life. And in that book, he included a simple formula that they found were, I guess, the was the equation for creating happiness. So that equation was H 
equals S plus C plus V. So let me just explain that. H stands for your enduring level of happiness. And that is equaled or determined by three ingredients is what their, their research found. S is your what's called your set range, your cellular set point. Your cellular set point is the general range within which that you would move emotionally day to day. It's sort of it's determined very much by um, your genes and your cells. And I'm not going to go into all of that now. But what he shared and found was that that influenced 50% of your level of happiness. Now, some people have a higher kind of average set point than others, but the good thing is that you can change that and that might be a topic for another podcast episode. So that's 50% of your happiness. The C stands for the circumstances or conditions in your life, taking the stance that once certain kind of primary needs are covered beyond a certain point of earning, no matter how much you change your conditions of living of you know, the clothes that you buy and wear, your car that you drive, your, you know, what TV you watch or how fancy your, your watch is or whatever, uh, that only impacts your actual happiness by 10%, which is interesting because if you think about how much time and focus is spent thinking about stuff, stuff you want to buy, that is only ever going to influence about 10% of your happiness. So it's worth considering like, okay, where where do I focus my time and energy when I'm thinking again through the lens of money? It, is it about the stuff that I think I need to have in order to be happy? Well, this suggests that maybe not. And the V in the equation represents factors that are sort of under your voluntary control. It's the things that you think about, the choices and actions that you make daily, and that makes up for forty percent of your happiness. So this is where you've got to start to look at not just what you spend your time doing, but also what you spend your time feeling because that influences your set point in the future. So this is where that sense of what are the the routines and the rituals and the habits that you have both physically and mentally and how is that actually influencing your happiness? That's 40% of your happiness equation. So the question is what type of voluntary actions and choices are you making that are creating and influencing your sense of happiness overall we tend to spend a lot of time focusing on the stuff that we want to buy or have but what this shows is that from a scientific and human behavior point of view beyond a certain point that actually is not going to bring you lasting happiness one other point through that that they did reference was that money that you have and that you spend that you spend on doing things, so on experiences rather than buying stuff, actually does contribute and influence your happiness. So things like um, going on a holiday or, you know, if you're into um, skydiving or going on hikes and things like that, going out on a boat, whatever it is that makes, you know, makes you happy, doing those things actually contributes more to your happiness in a lasting sense. So it's really important to bring your attention to focus on the right kind of areas. What you do with the money you do have is actually contributing to your overall happiness and to be mindful of what are those choices that you're making that are creating that sense of happiness or not. So 
there are three lenses of, of research and points of view around what creates happiness and, and money's part in it. So what do you think the answer is? I don't know what, what it is for you, but the approach that I take is that money in and of itself actually doesn't make you happy. A certain amount influences how you feel for sure, but what it does do is two things that I think are important. One is money reflects your priorities. It reflects what you actually value in life by how you earn money, how you spend it and how you grow it or not. And that to me is interesting and insightful about your level of self-awareness and how you're orienting your life around what's important to you. The second thing that money is and does, I believe, is that it gives you choice. And I am all about choice. Having cash reserves, having cash cushions and money strategies that are growing just provides you with a sense of certainty and safety that can just actually soothe your nervous system, soothe your stress levels, which naturally allows you to tap into your inner wisdom, your past experience. It allows you to be more creative and to do more of what you really enjoy for yourself and others. And I think that's a good thing. The pursuit of money in and of itself is not the road to happiness. However, it is an influencing factor in how you spend your time how you engage and interact with others and the contribution that you're making to others in your life in a whole range of ways. And vilifying money, making money the bad guy or um, making anyone who does earn good money into some sort of evil bad person doesn't help you either. So I think that beyond a certain point of basics being covered, it's less about how much you make and more about how you make it and what you do with it. Creating a positive money mindset, having a sense of confidence in your circumstances and how you are feeling safe and protected in the future allows you to make wise decisions with your money, which leads you and those around you to be happier. So that's my take on it. What's yours? What do you think? I don't know, do you think that this is a useful discussion? I think that so often we don't talk about money with people because it's so loaded. And I guess what I wanted to do through this uh, episode is just to explore and share a couple of the things that I have found in researching human behavior and happiness and you know what part money plays in it or, or not so that you can land at a place that hopefully allows you to create and develop more of a positive relationship with money that is going to be more likely to help you create more positive results with money. So that allows you to do more of what you love because the money's taken care of. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you got some interesting insights out of it. If you haven't already, I would love it if you rate and uh, leave a review for the podcast. And I really look forward to connecting with you in the Facebook group or somewhere in the future. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, the Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today. Thank you.